message from our lead pastor, Michael Signorelli. Prepare to go C1. So we are getting ready to launch meetups. So you're like, what is this, the whole friends thing that I saw? Uh, our church believes that we should do uh, in inspirational large services like this with the lights and everything and go full out for Jesus. But we also believe in doing church intimately in circles and hanging out with each other and going to each other's houses and uh, playing, you know, I don't know, ultimate Frisbee. I don't know whatever Evan wants to do. Um, I don't know what, what you do when you're 19, Frisbee. Um, so... <laughs> gonna be so mad at me <laughs> but uh, meetups are our way of doing life together and so here's here's my challenge we're gonna offer hashtag refresh which is for the married couples we're gonna do spontaneous spontaneous date nights but I do want to warn you the last time we did hashtag refresh back home in Indiana we had multiple pregnancies so like if that's not in your plan to get pregnant I just you might not want to attend that's why I'm not even offended if attendance goes down because they know there's a bun in the oven um, and so we're going to do that and we're going to have just all kinds of different groups. Uh, but the last thing I want to say is that if you want to lead a group, we want you to lead a group. And, and really the idea behind it is whatever you do already, we don't need 400 Bible studies. But if you're working out and you need some workout partners and you want, you know, to open that up as a meetup, do it. You know, whatever it is that you already do, Frisbee, I don't know, whatever. So, um, and we're going to have fun together. And so I love meetups. I'm excited for it myself, and I'm excited to get to hang with some of you guys as well. So um, let me just go ahead and kick this off. We're in our final grand finale of uh, Curse Words, and this series has just changed me. Even as the communicator, I've had to go to God and be like, what do you want to say? And so even sometimes when it comes through me, I'm getting rocked while you're getting rocked. Um, but let me just read Luke chapter 6, verse 45, and then we can be seated. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of so turn to the person next to you before you're seated and ask them what are you full of <laughs> and you can be seated <laughs> some of you knew in that moment this was your home church <laughs> Right there in this moment, you realize I am home. I am. He sounds like me. What are you full of? Um, actually, I have a stethoscope with me. And, uh, you know, any of you have some fond memories with this thing? You know, when, when, have you ever been in that moment where you've been in that moment where they, they, they just inch this thing, this icy piece of steel up your back, your bare back? You know, remember that as a kid? And, and really, when you talk about curse words, um, what you're talking about is the words that come out of people's mouths give you an insight into their heart. And so the way that you hear somebody's heart in the natural is with a stethoscope. And these things really work, you know, it's pretty loud. Um, but, but people are revealing the condition of their diseased hearts all around you, except for you're not equipped to listen to hear their diseased hearts. And I, I think that at, in this church, I want to be the kind of church that as people are talking, we have the stethoscope of God's word and we're comparing what they're saying against God's standard for how things should function in their life. And there's, there's something that goes off inside of us as V1 church, like an alarm that says they have a diseased heart. And if we don't intervene, it could be fatal. If we don't intervene, it could be fatal. 
And so today, as we jump off uh, this message, I just want to let you know that if you came in with a diseased heart, if you came in and, and you, just, you just cannot find a relief from the brokenness of your heart, I believe that somebody's life is going to be forever changed, you know? There's church services that I've been able to go through the history of my life and look at those church services and say, had I not attended that day, I wouldn't be where I am right now because everything changed in that moment. And I, I want to honor that. I want to honor there's something about the foolishness of preaching that God uses to radically change people's lives. And I don't know why he uses preaching, but I do know that he established the entire universe with words. That's how important words are, is that everything that you've ever made and engineered in your life has also stemmed from words. The relationships of your life are completely based in the creation of words and the release of words. And so curse words, you know, everyone thought like I was going to start this series by taking the F word away from you or taking the D word or whatever your favorite word is. I don't know what your favorite curse word is. We call it cussing where I'm from in Indiana. And, and I'm not really coming for your curse words. You can have your curse words, Gary V, whoever you are, you can have them. But what I'm coming from for, and each week I've tried to target things that we continue to say that curse your life and place a curse. And how do you know you're living under a curse? The way that you know that you're living under a curse is that you can't seem to break out of certain cycles. It's like you're just relapsing. It's like you just are, are a record on repeat over and over and you're living under a curse. And so sometimes those are words that you speak over your life. And sometimes those are actually words that have been spoken over you. And you know, some heart disease is inherited. Some heart disease is genetic, okay? And some spiritual heart disease is genetic too. Maybe you were raised by a gossiper. Maybe you were raised by somebody who had an anger problem and you were told, well, all Italians are angry, right? And so um, now they're like, man, he's gonna take my anger away. <laughs> I'm still struggling through that. I maybe got a little angry when my wife went to go grab for a cup and spilled the entire glass of water on my laptop last night. <laughs> I may have responded in such a way that proved I'm still a work in progress. Some of you are still in the process. Is it okay to build a church here on Long Island where we make it okay for people to go through a process? Is it okay to build a church here in New York where it's okay to mess up every once in a while? I definitely did not cuss her out though, I promise. <laughs> I was the most saved version of Italian anger that I had ever been in my life and I realized that God has taken me further. There are no broken items in the equation. My marriage is still happy and healthy. Amen. She's giving me a little one of these. <laughs> she may have ran out of the room as fast as she could though. I may have tapped into a little bit of the past for a second, but, but I want you to know that what God wants to tell you right now is that he's okay with you going through the process if you're okay with going through the process. Did you hear me? He's okay with you messing up a little once in a while, and you know why there's been so much grace in your life? Because your heart has always been turned towards him. See, see, sometimes you look at people and you're like, well, why are they in, you know? Like, I don't understand. Or, or maybe you even look at yourself and you're like, how am I still in this? And maybe there's even some condemnation about things that you've done in your past. But guess what? The number one reason why God is still with you is because your heart is turned towards him. Matter of fact, when I said that, maybe even your heart responded, yes, it is. The reason why you're here in service 
right now. The reason why maybe you're listening to the podcast right now is because your heart is turned towards God. And you know, what I love about the Bible is we're able to see a picture of so many men that even in other religions, they call them saints. But if you really read the Bible by the standard of anyone alive right now, they'd look more like sinners. But God went all the way with them simply because their heart was turned towards him. And, and so when people ask me like, Pastor Mike, are you going to give up on me now that I just told you my darkest secret? Pastor Mike, are you going to take me out of this position because now you know who I really am? And they see grace just begin to be poured into those situations. It's because there was a time in my life where I needed to know that there was grace for me. And the Bible says what you measure out to other people will be measured back to you. And so the quickest way to grace is to pour it out for other people. And the quickest way to restoration is to become a wounded healer and a wounded restorer. So even when you're going through the pain, you go through it as someone else's healer. I went through some of the biggest tragedies as my in my life as somebody else's healer. I went through some of the greatest pains of my life as someone else's pastor. You know that you can go through someone, you can actually go through some of the darkest times of your life and still be an awesome father, an awesome mother, an awesome friend. Because God has called us all to be wounded healers. And so when, when you look at your life and you ask God, like, why has he not given up on me yet? It's because he knew that your heart was turned toward him. And actually he was saying, I know they're just going through the process. And one of these days, the mistakes that they're making now won't be those same mistakes anymore. The way that they're failing and falling now won't be the way that they're going to fail and fall in the future. And one of these days they will be free. One of these days they will be free. I believe that I'm free in a lot of areas and I'm still on a journey to freedom. Thank you for the grace as I continue my journey. But there are things that I just don't do anymore that used to be the greatest struggle of my Christian walk. And now it doesn't even, it's not even a thought in my mind. Thank God for grace, amen. The title of this message today is actually, How's Your Heart? So maybe you can turn to the person next to you who you asked what they were full of earlier and maybe look at them again and say, how's your heart? Ask them that question, how's your heart? How's your heart? You know, there was a man who was actually having heart trouble. He went into the doctor's office and the doctor said, the only thing that, that you're, that's gonna remedy this is actually a heart transplant. And the guy's like, listen, I will pay whatever it takes to make this happen. He's like, okay, well, I have three hearts for you to choose from. The first is an 18-year-old non-smoker, athletic, he was swimmer, great diet, ate chicken and rice every day, that heart's $100,000. The second is a marathon runner, he's 25 years old, he plays Frisbee, he's in great condition, very strong, his heart's $150,000. He got hit by a bus. The third is a heavy drinker, a cigar smoker, and he died, his heart's half a million. He was a terrible man, he was a steak lover too. And this guy's like, what? Why is his heart more money? I don't understand. The doctor replies, well, he was a pastor. He never used it. <laughs> My wife told me nobody's going to laugh. <laughs> she was so right. <laughs> Everyone was like, whoa, I had that pastor. <laughs> Maybe you had that pastor in this place. <laughs> Oh, Lord Jesus, save us. Maybe you had that guy. Maybe you had that guy. Proverbs 4, 23 says, Above all else, say all. all. 
Think about this above all else. This is like top priority. Guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Wow. Scripture is actually commanding you above all, guard your heart. Man, some of you, the brokenness of your heart is actually the result of not guarding it. Man, man. You know, today as we get into this message a little bit deeper, I want to look at a man named Peter. The thing about Peter that I think is so amazing is that Peter really just mainly screwed it up. And if you ever feel like Peter, just go back and read about his life because I couldn't figure out for the longest, like years and years and years when I was trapped in condemnation and I was trapped in religion. Because religion is really all about the rules that you don't follow well. If anywhere, like how do you define religion? It's the rules that your wicked heart doesn't follow well. And that's why we're not here to establish a new religion. We're here to have a relationship with the one that can empower you to actually excel beyond those rules and live the way that he called you to live. And Peter just seemed to have his heart torn, turned toward God. But you know, a diseased heart can never produce a healthy life. Let me say it again. A diseased heart can never produce a healthy life. Some of you in this place have done all the right things on paper. You've been to college. Maybe do not step in this zone. Um, you know, maybe you, you have been to college and, and, and you have gotten married to the right person. And maybe you even did the premarital counseling that you were supposed to do. And you did everything right, but a diseased heart can never produce a healthy life. Jesus reminds us that the words that we speak actually are the overflow of our heart. And so how, how, what's the best indicator of somebody's diseased heart? It's the words that come, our, come out of their mouth. So, you know, he, here's, here's some phrases to pick up on as we close down this, this series. I hate it when, I just can't stand it when, it gets on my nerves when, it drives me crazy when. That's not how people talk on vacation. That's how they talk when they're diseased and agitated and just ready to give up on life. Are you keying in on it around you? Here's a quick side note as you're taking notes or whatever you're doing to kind of engage with this message. Do you know that sometimes the cycles that you initiated in your life are actually the wrong response to someone's diseased heart? And this is going to change because maybe it's not you. Maybe your heart is healthy and whole, but you, but you don't respond right to somebody's diseased heart and totally disarm them. And, and so God wants to equip you with that. Romans chapter 3, verse 14 says, The sinner's mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. You know, I was reading about how the words that we speak on repeat can actually begin to rot in our own mouth. Sometimes, have you ever been around somebody where it's just like they say the same things all the time? They have the same story about what they went through and their brokenness, and it's just like they cannot stop talking about it over and over and over again. That is a, a diseased heart beating out of rhythm, just struggling to stay alive. And, and sometimes we even respond the wrong way. We respond with criticism when we should be responding with love. Another one says this, uh, Romans 10, 9, and we read this almost every week. It says, but when we turn our lives over to Christ, we gladly confess that Jesus is Lord. And, and this, I'm going to continue to just read the words. You guys can write this down for later. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29 says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. 
It's interesting that it doesn't say judge their need and then determine whether or not you're going to address it. It doesn't say like, okay, you put their need through your filter and if it's a need worthy of you encouraging, then you do it. It actually says to use your mouth, use the words coming out of your mouth to meet those needs that it would benefit those who listen. And I love it because in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, Paul is emphasizing the positive over the negative. And, and actually, the Greek word for unwholesome there that you have means rotten or foul. So let me read it again. Do not let any rotten or foul talk come out of your mouth. And so I believe today that even as we end this service, that there are some of you who are going to have some rotten or un, un unwholesome you know how would you unwholesome talk come out of your mouth and release it once and for all because a good teeth brushing is good for everyone am i right um some of you need to be reminded that the shelf life of your words has expired the shelf life of the things that you even said about who you are has expired do you know that one thing that i believe frustrates god more than anything is how you talk about yourself when he's called you beautiful, he's called you amazing, he's called you something to be marveled at. When he made you, he stepped back and said, it is good. What I made is good. And we say things other than that and frustrate him and literally curse even our own appearance. And, and, we, and you have in your mind who you are and what you are. And God just lovingly says, please, please give that rotten, unwholesome talk back to me and let me turn it into a blessing. You know, our heart is wicked, our heart is evil, our heart is dirty, and we just go through life and it's broken through relationships that we are in. It, it, it's broken by past church experiences that we have and we ante up and we try again. But do you know that your heart will never experience true healing until you allow the true healer to heal it? And there's a great physician that's got the stethoscope on you this morning. I want, to, I want to tell you something that I learned this week as I was going through because it kind of blew my mind, literally. The heart has a system of neurons that have both short and long-term memory. Isn't that crazy? That I, I originally thought that the heart was made exclusively of muscle, but there's another kind of neuron. There's a tissue in your heart that has actually got this long and short-term memory. And, and do you know that your heart formed and begin to beat even before your mind, your brain, your physical brain begin to function? The heart was first. Above all, guard it. It was the first thing that began to function. The most vital organ even has an intuition. It even has a memory. It even has a way of knowing. You know, the first time I ever saw Julie, I believe that the neurons of my heart, my spiritual heart just knew I was supposed to be with her. And then we have this phenomenon in all the Disney movies that you should just trust your heart and go after the intuition of your heart because there's something deeply profound about this idea that your heart knows. But how many of you guys know that sometimes your heart gets it wrong too? Because it's diseased, because you've gone through some stuff. You know, it's a cliche that we have in the Christian realm to ask God to come into your heart. But when I prayed about this message today, and it's a simple message because I'm relying more on what he's gonna do than what I'm gonna say. Huh. That he said that even though that's a cliche, that most of you in this room, the last place you've ever let him was your heart. Even though we say it every Sunday, God, 
come into my heart. You asked the little children, did you, did you ask Jesus to come into your heart? Some of you in this place, it's, it's the last unconquered territory of your being that you've never let Jesus in. So would you just stand your feet with me right now? James chapter three, verse six says, the tongue also is a fire, a world of wickedness among the parts of the body. It pollutes the whole person, sets the course of his or her life and itself set on fire by hell. If you ever want anything to blame in your life for the fire of hell and the trials that you've went through, blame your tongue. And I know that's a hard, hard word to receive. You're like, I, didn't, I came to church to be encouraged. Well, here's the encouragement. The same tongue that sets you on fire, ablaze with the trials of life, that sets you on fire with anger, the same tongue that sets you on fire with lust and perversion, can be the same tongue that sets you on fire with the Holy Spirit for righteousness and purity and holiness. That same tongue that you've used to tear yourself down will be the very weapon that God uses to build your life back up. The same tongue that ruined and foiled your marriage will be the same tongue that brings restoration and healing. The same tongue that put the chains around you will be the same one that unlocks and releases you. And so if you're willing to rise up, if I can get five people to leave this place with a tongue that's set on fire with the Holy Spirit, then this entire region can be changed. If I can just get five people who will say, I will let Jesus into my heart now, the place of such torture, the place that keeps me up on, at night, the place that has that long-term memory that can't forget the abuse, the place in my heart that is a hidden chamber where I don't even let my deepest friend into that place. There is a friend that will stick closer to than a brother, and his name is Jesus, and he's asking, will you open that door to me now? Will you leave this place being able to say, I truly have let Jesus into my heart now? If I, can, if I can have a church with healed hearts, healing other hearts, it won't matter how much better we get at the lights. It won't matter how much better the band gets at singing songs. But people from all over the world will come to take place inside that healing. It's what it's really about. That's why Jesus didn't build a monument. He built a movement when he looked into Peter and said, Peter, and this is what I love so much. He said, while you are yet still, still thinking that you're righteous and got it all together, you're getting set up for the biggest failure of your life. Out of fear, you're going to deny me three times. And do you know that Peter is actually immortalized in scripture for cussing somebody out? Read it. When they came and said, well, we know you by the way you're talking. You sound like you might be one of those Jesus followers. And so he actually out of fear said, well, I'll prove that I can talk different and cuss somebody out. And it was immortalized in scripture that the dude cussed somebody out. Can you imagine some of us in this room, that would be our only legacy in, in scripture. And Mike Signorelli cussed her out. He was so riddled with fear. He couldn't really believe that this whole thing was going to happen because to Peter, who had a rough life, it was too good to be true. 
that Jesus, who was now getting ready to be crucified, was going to be raised from the dead and that he was going to play a part. It was too good to be true that upon the foundation of Peter that this thing was going to be built called the church and not even the gates of hell were going to prevail against it. And he began to curse that woman out out of fear and maybe you're in this place and you keep rejecting what God has for you because it's too good to be true in your own mind it's too good to be true but God wants to tell you no it's not too good to be true if you will stay with your heart turned towards me I will fulfill the very thing that I spoke into your life with a healed heart you will obtain it and you will go all the way from me Is there anyone here right now with your eyes open who will make a public declaration in front of everyone around them? I'm willing to open my heart to Jesus right now. Come on. The Bible says, if you won't be ashamed of me in front of each other, I won't be ashamed of you before my heavenly father. And all these hands all over this place are saying, I'm not ashamed anymore. Come on, there's shame being released from hearts. Let's just begin to allow the Holy Spirit just a few moments now. Come on, there's shame. You will not be ashamed anymore. You will not be ashamed anymore. You will not be ashamed anymore. Come on, I want us all just pray this together. So just borrow my words. Say, Heavenly Father, I invite you into my heart, into every hidden door. I unlock it, I open it to you, go into those doors of my heart and heal it. Heal the abuse, heal the past, heal the wounds, heal my heart, and I will serve you for all my days. Come on, let's just stay in this moment right now. There's healing beginning to take place. Come on, sing it out, Julie. Guys, I just want to um, encourage you today because, you know, I know some of you have a, a heavy heart and some of you are seeking relief from that. And God gave me a word today 
um, during this week, and he wants to remove that. He wants to remove the burden. He wants to remove the heaviness. He wants to give you the relief that you seek. And you want that big change in your life. And, and, and Darian said something earlier, and he said uh, that you can't go big without you. So he, you need to give up your heart to him and allow the grace and the love to fill that heart and remove the guilt, remove the shame, and to be filled with his grace and love. Thank you for listening. Your experience doesn't have to end with this message. Visit us online at v1.church and send us a message. If you would like to help V1 reach New York and beyond, download the V1 Church app for iPhone and Android and click Give. Join us this Sunday for our weekend celebration. Directions and info can be found on our website.